0: Hey, to the way in the old bazaar Hey, oh let us through, it's a brand new star Oh, come, be the first on your block to me Make way, here he comes, ring the bell, bang the drums are you gonna love this guy? Prince Ali, fabulous, he, Ali Ababwa. <laughs> <laughs> and so social respect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, try your best to stay calm. Brush up your Sunday salon. Yum, yum. Then come and meet his spectacular quarantine. <laughs> <Prince> <laughs> Ali, <laughs> mighty is he, Ali Ababwa. Alright! Strong as ten regular men, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, they faced the galloping horde. Yes, he did. A hundred bad guys with swords. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who sent the, that bitch, to the <laughs> 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 that bitch was from
1: Jersey.
2: That bitch was from Jersey.
1: Oh, man.
3: Oh, man. Oh, man. that's oh. great. We're still stuffing our face over here. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Welcome to pregame, guys. I'm Shane. I'm Screwed. I'm Randall. I'm well. And we're here to talk about Aladdin? If you, guys couldn't, if you couldn't tell, I mean, shh,
4: yeah, he was over here singing.
3: Randy's over here, Barbara Streisand, it up. But
4: you know, we live in the generation
3: that nobody knows what that is. Right. Are we really doing
0: Aladdin right now? We are doing <laughs> yeah. Aladdin right now. We are. That's why I said we might see some red lightning. There might be a. Nobody told that. me that pregame was Aladdin. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, guess what? Pregame's Aladdin. Give me a
3: bag of chips. (laughs) You know, I'll give you a bag of chips when you say your piece. (laughs) Say your piece. Say your piece. This is going to be terrible. Okay. Hashtag bad casting decisions. Keep going. Come on. Give it it all. 100%. Give (laughs) it all. No. no, Just let the hate out. Let Let the hate. We want want to hear it. We want to hear their perspective. You can't cast a man
5: without one voice to play a character of a thousand voices. You can't change his voice. It's not the same. It's not gonna work. This movie I bet you is was, already clown
3: shoes. I bet I bet you if it was Chris Sabat, you'd be happy. Well, I mean, thousand voices, it would've worked. Make a wish, you clown! <laughs> <laughs> this movie is clown shoes already. I don't think so I love, so his I fa- I love how right. his face changed He's like wait This is about a legend. Yeah I know He's
2: <laughs> so <old>. I he'd <laughs> new I mean
0: I If per- me singing Prince Ali To start it off Wasn't yeah. your biggest For hint, real though like, That bro. would have been like Number one He's like oh I wasn't listening man Number one son Where's your Baron Freddie?
4: He's, you know, he's, giving
3: us, he's giving us the look, at huh? He's giving us the look of a fuck off, all y'all. That's funny. That's funny. Don't you we be do. crinkling this whole cast. I'll be kicking that ass. Huh? Don't you be crinkling this whole cast. I'll be the, All right, the rice cakes were for dramatic effect of the song. All
2: right,
1: no more rice <laughs> cakes.
3: No more rice cakes for nobody. God damn it, I got white cheddar ones too. You can have them when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. He said, "I'm gonna hold you to that." <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm broke, motherfucker. I'm hungry. I'm excited as well
0: I think
4: it's gonna. I think it'll actually do. I'm more excited
0: really well. for Lion
3: King personally. Agreed. Oh, I, I'm, I'm actually. Excited. I'm, a, I'm excited. For I'm actually too. in agreement with you there, but I do think this is gonna be alright. Um, it'll be better than Dumbo. Hey, still haven't seen Will Smith do is well. gonna be
4: a better choice than you know, Iglesias
3: Yeah. Who was a Yeah. <laughs> Fluffy as Genie, dude, that wouldn't have been... That would have been horrible. At least you can do voices. It's not just a... I can see that. I can see in that aspect where you're right. coming from, but visually... I mean, yeah, visually, no. It would have been... No, it would have been bad. But it would have had to do a CGI Genie that looked like Genie from the cartoon. <laughs> I mean, right. And if you're going to do that... Might as well just do a... Do Robin Williams' voice, just remaster it, and just... Which make sure, I thought you know, they should have done in first Agreed. I'm, I'm with you there on, on that, but I mean... That's, that's fan fiction to me. It ain't ever going to fucking happen. The reason I... You know what I mean? Whenever they see that I world... I think uh, Zelda had something to do with that. So. The reason
4: I'm <laughs> okay with Will Smith is he's going to put his own take on it as well as... Because he even spoke that he is going to tribute Robin Williams. That Robin Williams is the one is the reason why he wanted to do this. You know, you know, he watched the movie.
3: Nothing you say will make me want to see this. Movie. I'm not trying to. Be, <laughs> not
6: trying
4: to be, I just personally think Will Smith's going to do fine. Obviously, he's not going to. I don't Ronald think he's. The, I
3: honestly don't think he's the worst choice. No, he by far no. Like especially be. seeing what I've seen so far of the film, like yeah, he it's it's not going to be 100 percent what you want from the adaptation from the cartoon. Of course but, not, but. I mean, it's Hollywood. It could be much worse. Uh, it, could X-Men be it could be X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah,
4: Dumbo wasn't very good. I've seen. That's exactly what I'm looking good. at this as right now. Mm. Uh, I'd give it
3: more of a chance than that, honestly.
4: Yeah, because X Men Origins Wolverine.
3: <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> terrible.
4: Anyway, it's but like yeah, the Marvel it, shit store. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. No, I know a lot of people have Or well, yeah, we know,
0: you know, Burger <laughs> and They're <laughs> They're right across the street from each other, but there's also, like, a McDonald's and a Burger King there, too. Yeah. Hey, look, Dragon Ball's got its own shit, short,
3: shit store, too. <laughs> but me knowing that Dragon Ball's huge famous.
4: Me
0: knowing that it's directed by Guy Ritchie... <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball is huge,
4: huge famous. I found
0: it on Foray at the Walmarts. <laughs> that new Broly movie on the Foray. You know the
3: reason why... Uh, it's next the to the Galaxy the, of the Galaxy. They Guardians. have all these movies here. <laughs> Burt Reynolds adaptation. We're bringing in so our own geekly gab banter into your show. so oh that's fine. It's more than welcome. Fuck your show.
1: Feels
3: <laughs> I mean, like we're taking this shit over. Fucking a lad, drag me to this
0: shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just go sit in the car. Right. You'll no, have that. a better time. You're <laughs> gonna take <a> nap. <laughs> No, I gotta sit through these to get them goddamn r- white chair. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> you ain't speech getting speech. them all,
3: bro. <laughs> that not what you said. <laughs> I said you can have some. I didn't say all of you them. Now. Have, have um. Oh, I'm eating some. That's, that's that's He's like we sharing. We yeah, sharing. And we sharing, <laughs> we're sharing. Them, Them's the whips. Them's the whips. The white cheddar's. Them's
4: the whips. Oh, son. I, I guarantee that. The <laughs> them Quakers though.
1: <laughs> Guy Ritchie spoke
4: out oh, and said he he chose this movie as because he didn't want to direct it at first, mm-hmm. but he grew up watching Aladdin and he. If you know Guy Ritchie, he does, like, you know, the black market kind of salesman kind of mm-hmm. crime capers. And that's kind of what Aladdin is. You know, he's yeah. just kind of trying to make his way in the At world. At least the first half. Yeah. At least the first half. Yeah. And then he becomes, you know, this better guy. Yeah, and that's what drew him to Aladdin. Okay.
3: Well, Well, like, Aladdin's one of my favorite of the Disney films. Aladdin, and, and my absolute favorite is Alice in Wonderland. But, like, Aladdin's probably number two on that list. So this is it's gonna be a hard one for me, a high bar for me to say. Obviously the biggest one would be Robin Williams Genie, played by Will Smith. That's gonna be the hardest one to I, try and get over. My, yeah. That is why I agree totally about this. But I mean we've it, it's the same thing with this whole Robert Pattinson Batman yeah, talk. It, it's gonna it, be the you thing. You never know if they're actually gonna do a really good job or not.
4: You don't know until you see the film.
3: Right. You know, when we see the film then we can judge
4: it and we can it. I can still else. be mad. Oh, of course. Hate. You know, I've, hate, 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 I've hate, learned
3: eight times eight. You always go in with lower than normal expectations because then you'll never be let down. <laughs> be I did that with Solo.
4: I, I literally thought Solo was going to be a horrible film. Mm-hmm. And I went in with low expectations. And, and you found out that it was a horrible. Out. I found
3: was like, film. damn,
0: this is a really good film. <laughs> you found out that it was yeah, terrible. Yeah, exactly. It so, was
3: terrible. Yes. Oh, yes. So no, I'm <laughs> kidding.
0: No, <laughs> it was really I, good. Wasn't that done by Guy Ritchie as well? Solo? Yeah. No, I think. No, it's Ron Howard. Wasn't Guy yeah. Ritchie attached to it before Ron Howard though? Might have. I there think was a couple. Was, di- I yeah. was gonna say there was a
3: couple of directors attached to it. Yeah, Ron because Ron because Ron again, Ron Guy was like Ritchie, the third person, third director, or sure, fourth Ritchie director. Ritchie was he was because for...
4: I because like I said, Guy Ritchie likes to do that kind of film, and <laughs> his character obviously yeah. is that kind of. Oh person. yeah, he's you fucking know, scruffy he's, little nerf herder. Yeah,
3: fucking right.
4: So, <laughs> but they went the route of yeah, Ron Howard.
3: I liked it. it. wasn't It wasn't Rogue One. I think Rogue One so far is the best uh, out of the new Star Wars movies, by far. Did uh, you? But
4: you know, Alan Tudyk is in Aladdin. Is he's, he? He's Iago. Is he? Yes. Okay. They wanted Godfrey I, to come back, but I guess he they couldn't make it work. So really, because that's
3: the one thing I wanted to see out of the old yeah. films kind of return. I think Godfrey would have been fun to have come back.
4: I so think who's his, Jafar? Jafar. I don't know why people are issue. I got his name. Just give me a second.
3: He's... Oh, I don't know why people are... Mar, Marwan, are Marwan Kenzari yeah. is his name. He... the re- They
4: went this route, and they actually went with legit, like, Arab... And stuff do and I know people.
3: why? Because people... Kind of like bitch. what they did with uh, Ab- the Avatar, the Max yeah. movie.
4: Yeah. People bitch about whitewashing and all that. And well, not just that is It's proper to have Aladdin. Even, even Aladdin anyway. got
3: their flack for that.
4: Yeah, well,
3: Len got, got flagged because they yeah. said that people were getting uh, they were, the white people
4: were trying they were literally like getting and yeah they were, they they were like, dark like, and they were like fuck that yeah.
3: Disney was like the only people that were dark and like that were the stunt people yeah. that we had that were white people that we needed for the production that we had they to work They were actually made.
4: Yeah,
3: no. They're like they're like 98% <laughs> of our cast is is, is, is is of that descent.
4: Yeah.
3: Is of darker skin descent. So we don't know what to tell you, public.
4: <laughs> that's Basically, <laughs> what Disney said. Yeah, they were just yeah, like you said, they were doing that. Yeah, they got the they vehicles. got
3: they caught shit for a oh, second yeah. for that. That's
5: awesome.
3: Yeah, they did. So, so I mean, they had their fair share of flack, but they they came back with Avengers. Oh,
5: yeah. They're like, Come on, <laughs> dude, it's a
3: stunt guy. Not every stunt guy's got dark skin. I'm sorry. Yeah. You want to yeah. know how many people got dark skin than stunt guys? Two. <laughs> there's there's Jamal and there's uh over here. Rico. Yeah, exactly, you know, because a lot of stump men are, stump people are just, yeah. There's a lot that, I mean, you got to think. really racist. And mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to. I'm just saying there's a lot of white stuntmen compared to oh, there there is. other they, races.
4: Honestly, the majority are white. Yeah, it's a it, very, it's, it's
3: a very bottled neck, as far as race goes, it's a very bottled necked, uh, uh job. <laughs> it kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I just don't know. But yeah. I think... Uh, Patrick Stewart originally campaigned to be Jafar.
7: Oh, my God. Well, because
4: originally he turned down to be Jafar in the, the cartoon, in the animated Iago, movie. you'll always be my number two.
1: <laughs> but, no, he originally
4: did actually was the first choice in the, you know, original movie. That's fucky.
3: Yep. Who did the voice? Jeremy... Uh,
4: no, the Jeremy,
3: Jeremy Irons. Irons. No, Jeremy Irons he did Jafar. He did Oh, Scar- no, he did Scar.
4: Uh, who did the... Who, uh, yeah.
3: I'm not sure who did Jafar. I forgot who did Jafar. I'm going Google about this shit.
0: I just fucking seen it. Yeah, earlier I watched. out. No, that's another thing people
4: are mentioning about too is Jafar because he doesn't have that deep grizzled voice.
3: And he's just like, if you go into the cave of wonders, you'll have what you want. I mean, I mean, you gotta you gotta be realistic at that point. Nobody's gonna be like, enter the cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to get all the riches. I'm gonna be like, this dude is on some fucking meth, bro. I'm, like, no, no, <laughs> I'm
4: a fucker. I ain't entering that cave now, no, dude. Yeah, no, because right, there's right. something in there that's
3: waiting for me. All right, there's some guy in there dating with a <coughs> big club and he's trying to rob Jonathan me for my Freeman. shillings. Jonathan Freeman. Jonathan Freeman? Yeah. Okay.
4: But yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And they're not gonna be like that. Plus, his accent, like I said, is accurate.
3: They're, they're going for. Hence the renaissance thing. They're trying to go for historically accurate. I think. Yeah. I think that's what it means when we were talking about renaissance film.
0: It's interesting because Linda Larkin is over in
3: Detroit right now at Motor City. Mm-hmm. The original Princess Jasmine. Yep. yeah, We are missing that, unfortunately, because we were not granted press passes. Because apparently we ain't big enough yet. But it's okay. We keep grinding. We'll see you, Indie Pop. We'll see you, Cherry Capital. Well, Those are the next two that are coming out, buddies.
0: Jim Cummings was in it.
3: He was Razul. Was he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Totally. Said, yeah. Uh, the The lead chief uh, of the Sultan's army. Uh, yeah. yeah, he is Razul. He's even Razul in the uh, TV in the show. The TV show. Yeah, I think everybody except for Robin stayed for the TV show. Because I think they they had a Robin. No, sound Robin
0: alike. wasn't in the second one. He wasn't the genie in the second movie. It was oh, yeah. the voice of Homer Simpson. Really, Dan Castellaneta? Yeah. Really? In the Return of Jafar, just listen. There's a point because I was. Are you watch. sure that's not the third one? No, I'm sure it's. Return no, of Robin Jafar. comes
3: back in the third one. Oh, yep. Okay. Gotcha. Word-ski. It was terrible. Though. Maybe Castella does genie in the uh, TV show adaptation then, because I don't think Robin does it in, in the in yeah, the that's Disney probably show. Probably him. Right, because he's the one who did it for two. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up, bitches. Um, so, is there anything, like, anything you're hoping to see that they, like, I can't wait to see, I want, I can't wait to see Jafar, (laughs) I can't wait to see Genie Jafar, like, the red, evil, Genie-style Jafar, like, at the end of the first one. The flying dick? Yeah, kinda.
4: (laughs) I think that there's a rumor that's confirmed to happen, kind of, that, that kind
1: of, it's a I mean, it it should, if it's gonna,
3: if it's gonna parallel the movie, like Beauty and the Beast did. Cause I mean, if you watch Beauty and the Beast, a lot of that shit's shot for shot for the actual fucking cartoon. Line for line. Yeah, too. exactly. So like, I want to see that. If, if if that's where we're going, let's do that shit for Aladdin. I want to see that red genie, bruh. Show Frank, me, show me your red genie, giggity. Frank
4: Welker does reprise his role in the in this movie, which is nice. Sultan really. He doesn't look too He's bad the, the role of Abu. Abu. Yeah. Cable Abu. It's awesome. And the voice, he was the voice of. The Cable
3: cave wonders. of wonders. Yes. Yeah. Dude, my wife thought I was oh, doing that joke the other day, or that place the other day. Yes. And then I had to school my her God. about how you really do it. See, with Tom Hardy... It's the, the same case. as Malbogia in the Spawn movie. I can let you see Wanda
8: again.
4: <laughs> if you enter the cave of Wanda.
8: <laughs> right. <laughs> Touch only the lamp. That's <laughs>
3: funny.
4: I'm hoping to, like, I'm, I want to see how well they're going to do the flying carpet. Cause, you yeah. know, it's got emotions and kind of stuff in the animation.
3: I want to see him, um, escape trying to escape the cave of wonders and, and get stuck, yeah. Like, because that whole lava chase scene with the was carpet was epic, it was epic as, as fuck. Fuck. yeah. In the cartoon, it was yep. super epic. Well, so, I, they I have. I've to...
0: had them 40
3: thieves because
0: I've had a thousand tales. Well, master, you're in because you're up your sleeve. You got a brand new neck to Ooh, this, <laughs> man. But seriously. Ooh.
6: I don't know how far of the party originally rumored as Jafar. That's terrible. That's got terrible. You got some power yeah, in you. You no.
0: <laughs> got some heavy <laughs> ammunition in your <laughs> I, I, I know, I couldn't do that This is too. what you were
4: talking about. In January 2018, it was reported that the white extras were being applied with brown makeup during filming yeah. in order to
3: blend in, which mm-hmm. caused an outcry. Yeah, which Mr. it was just the stunt Arantar, people. Yeah.
0: Will, will, will be... stop
3: let me let me let me reprise that. That's all my napkin. That's all my napkin. <laughs> my napkin. Blame it on him. Nah. No. It that no. it wasn't just stunt people, it was also like people handling animals and shit like yeah, that too. It was it, extras and stuff. Yeah, it was all the it was all the professionals that they needed that weren't of brown descent. Well, when you, you, know you were done.
0: sorry, you you know America,
3: that everybody isn't brown, okay?
0: Do you know what I have to say to all your, like, size and stuff for me doing that? Mm. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yeah, you never had a <laughs> friend like he me. He actually what? does, uh, it's not gonna
4: be
1: like right, him, but
0: he was
4: on
1: Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> he, was on an
0: owl. <laughs>
4: he actually was on Jimmy Fallon, he's saying that, but it's obviously not gonna be like he did mm-hmm. in the. Uh, you know when they do. No, because you can't cut. change his voice. Well, no, not when they do the final cut. It's not gonna. There's gonna be a lot more to it in the movie. But when a he lot was more reverb. And then Jimmy Fallon he said there's a lot of live animals. Like they're not even CG. They're real animals. Yeah, that's there's what I'm saying. There was a
3: lot of animal handlers in the making of this film. So those were the people that they had to darken their skin. They had to brown face. Oh well, yeah. As, as as people have been calling it on the internet. Well, yeah, because you know how hard
4: it would be to find. Every actor and for a descent like that, that you know, for all those animal keepers and everything. It's damn near impossible. Yeah, you have, exactly. you have, you to, have to. You have to, do have to do make something. it work with the budget you have. Exactly. exactly. Even with Disney, you know, obviously Disney has a lot of money, but still, they, you just can't. It's not going to happen. Exactly. You know, that's why I said people are all kissing. for 2019, folks.
0: <laughs> well, you can't search through the world. Yeah. I wonder Everyone's
3: (coughs) brown-faced And now they're pissed off On the internet
0: (laughs) It's 2019
3: I like to know just get with the (laughs) times You fucking lames (coughs) Not everyone is brown (coughs) Professional in town (laughs) Now this is getting really racist Okay, I'm I'm cutting this I'm sorry, fuck this <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, he, they, they they started it. I had to finish it. You know, no, you're good.
4: You know, you're so, you're, uh, did you know that Naomi Scott, who started as uh, Jasmine, Princess was Jasmine born when the movie came out, the original? Really, uh, the year that came out, know, dude, the community. That's pretty awesome. We came out, yeah, and I'm excited that to see her because I mean, obviously she was
3: Power Ranger mm-hmm. before this. Yep, now we get to see her as Jasmine. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Is there anything else we want to talk about for Aladdin aside that we'll just uh, uh, yes. take or leave it? <coughs> we got a naysayer, naysayer over here, naysayer. Can't wait to hear all the I, I song, just so. can't wait <coughs> to yeah, be king. You know, there's king. gonna be a. All... <coughs> huh. See, that's my I favorite. Counter, I counteract <coughs> your your songs with Lion King. That was so, my favorite Disney so, film, so I'm even role.
4: more excited for Lion King. And I make a note, another note that I'm gonna cry because we're gonna see, we're gonna have to see Mufasa die in HD.
3: Yes, in yes. Super HD, and it's in 4K. Oh God. And Will Will's favorite part is when Aladdin almost drowns in this movie. Probably I'm
0: no, literally. Be like, a mighty king. Literally, when I watch Lion Man. King, damn it.
4: When it's I watch Lion King, dude, like literally,
3: I scream, "What the fuck?" When Mufasa no. died, all I can think of is all I can think of is the guy from South Park. who's like, "Slap, slap, it, slap your face." <laughs> That's Randy right now. Like I know <laughs> I've never seen how I you know how king of beast
0: with such so little hair. Lane
4: not doing you know, him not doing them issues. A, a broken firing
1: thing. thing. Yeah. All right.
3: I think we need to get, get the down. hell out of here before Randy starts singing more tunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna get into the first set of interviews. <laughs> Um, these, uh, these are some of the people that had to do with, like, the musical background and aspect of, and dancing of, uh, of the film. Or well, should we just say a whole new world? Yes, exactly. Done uh, Alan Menken, who is the composer, uh, Benj Parekh, just, just who is the
0: lyricist, Justin Paul, who's also a lyricist,
3: <laughs> and Jamal Sims, the choreographer. <laughs> so we'll get into those interviews and get the hell out of here, so Randy can't stop singing about Disney! What are some of the thoughts that went behind um, the making of A
9: Friend Like Me, and what do you hope it
2: conveys?
10: Well, when we originally were a friend like me, obviously we wrote this song for a genie who we wanted to give a Harlem jazz style, uh, Fat Swallow and Cab Calloway uh, to, to his songs. Now, with Will Smith, it's kind of updated with more rap and hip-hop elements in it, but it's still the same song. Um, it's joyful, it's rhythmic, it's, it's one of my favorite I gotta say, a friend like me, I song so, I love to perform even.
11: あの、ま、元々のその、あの、
10: 続いてなんですけども何度も来日をされていらっしゃいますけども日本の印象を教えてください no
11: What
6: is your impression of Japan?
10: I think everybody knows I love Japan. I love being here. I love the people. I love the culture. I love the food. I love the shochu. <laughs>
11: まああの、oh. oh. oh. okay, the camera for all of the, um, your fans and
10: Disney fans and Latin fans out there. Trying to see this film what
2: would you like to say?
10: Oh my god. To all our fans here in Japan and all around the world. I can't wait for you to see this film. We put so much love into it, and it's, it's what you loved before, but with a lot new. So I hope you come and see it. I hope you love seeing it as much as we love making it. It's such a rush of energy. Red carpets are wonderful, you know, because you're coming into this event, this audience is gonna see the movie for the first time. It's just this anticipation and excitement. I love it. Aladdin is, first of all, this Aladdin especially, is, has a new emphasis on Jasmine having her voice heard and, knowing, and having her empowered, and I think that's very timely. And of course Aladdin's journey in you know, in, in wanting to have his wishes and yet to be selfless at the end is, is so special. Well, you know, we've got a lot of really interesting styles in it. You, you go from Middle Eastern, and then to like Golden Age of Hollywood, and then we go to like Harlem Jazz and like Waller and Cab Calloway, and then of like A Whole New World, which is a heartfelt ballad. It's a lot of, it's a lot in one package there. Whole the New World, um, I knew that one thing I did not want to do is do a cookie cutter, sort of cut and paste copy of what we had in the animated. I wanted it to be a, revamped arrangement. And we had a revamped arrangement also for the Broadway show. But especially with a song that iconic, you know, you want it to sound fresh each time. And Chris Benstead came up with a really neat kind of um, figure. Still still the, the song, but the arrangement figure really gave it a new direction to go in, um, much more of a pop direction. I really like that. And I love the virginness of the movie. It is it is much more pop, contemporary pop. Um, it's got a really nice propulsion to it. It's very exciting. He's has, having fun with it, and he's, ha- he's sort of doing some reinvention. And a lot of the people who know this song really well, because they know the project, will go, oh, he's playing off of the original lyric, but having fun with it. And, but it's, it stays close enough, so I don't, you know, I think Howard Ashman would have been appreciative of what he did and probably loved it. Uh, it also opens up in all kinds of other ways. That moment where he's, this, the number just stops and he's waiting for the Sultan to give his approval for the, for the downbeat on the big kick line is, is totally new. And then when he goes to the kick line, it's so Prince Ali. <clears throat> but it's it's really stretching it out um that's it's it's a whole new Prince Ali. in our original conception. We knew that one of the things we wanted to do in this telling of Aladdin was really go deeper into Jasmine what you know who she is and what she wants and how she grows, and thus the song "Speechless was written basically as an empowerment song. Uh, a, a female empowerment song, and it's basically how Jasmine, really, you know, wants to be the the future of her country, of her, you know, of Agrabah, but she really wants to find her voice, and her voice was being squelched, and that's where the song "Speechless" came from. And she, you know, it was really exciting to be able to write that song for that character and for her, hear her sing it. And he wanted to have almost like a hip hop feel to it, and we listened to to various, you know, um, pop songs to get, you know, is this what you mean? Is this what you're talking about? And then we applied that to the arrangement. Um, and that was probably, I think One Jump was probably the toughest one to rearrange because it involved sort of the most reinvention of the basic feel. Um, and again, it it ended up really working. Well, I remember
6: we were trying to identify song moments that yes. that didn't exist in the original film, and uh, there was a conversation about, well, it's really time for Jasmine to have a song, and, and she should have her own song, and what would that be? And in going back to the original film, there's this one line that Jafar says very menacingly. He says to Jasmine, um, speechless I see, a fine quality in oh, yeah. a wife. And it's like, ooh. <laughs> maybe we could, you know, use that. So we kind of... We, we, I remember we made a video for you, which I, I actually found the other day of us pitching like all of these different versions, but secretly like really wanting him to go with speechless. And it's like we gave all of these different titles of like, well, it could I be can, this be can, and it could be, can be this, but we think speechless <laughs> might really be. And you immediately were like, speechless, let's do it. Um, and then we, we we had like a concept I'm of just like a speechless. <laughs> <What's going on? laughs> but then we had a concept of okay, well, this is a a, a, a woman who is being told you know. Who she has to be and how, how she has to live in a world. And that she doesn't
12: have a voice. And that she doesn't have
6: a voice. And you know, this really strong uh, woman that, that so many girls have, have grown up loving from the original film, it really made a lot of sense for her to, to talk
10: about reclaiming her own power. Yeah. I, in my career, I mean, I've written a lot of songs and, and I, I love them all. <laughs> but there are certain moments where you go, well, I mean, Colors of the Wind was like that, Holding the World was like that, um, Go the Distance, but, and this, as we were, when we got to the, the first demo of this song, we went, oh, I went, whoa. Um, this is a really special song.
6: Sometimes you write a song and you're like, well, I hope whoever, hope they, whoever cast they cast yeah. can sing the notes. And she really, really delivered it in, in I think every
12: it, way. Like, we, we, we knew we'd be in good hands, but I think we still had no idea. Like, and, and yet, watching it on screen, it's just still, I mean, shocking almost how, how phenomenal she is. Yeah.
10: She, you know, you, can see, you see the audition tape of her, but then you meet her and you go, oh, she's, this girl has a real beauty and charisma to her. And um, she, she just shines. Um, and then seeing her on screen, there was another step forward yeah. going, Naomi's. Now, you know, everyone in the movie is wonderful. I don't, you know, but Naomi is just all extraordinary. Yeah. And, and there's also just so much power that she yes. brings
6: to the role. And... Even
12: in just saying nothing, just looking. Yeah, yeah.
6: she she has a, an inner strength and a power. And then her voice is powerful
12: too. Right. Just her singing voice has. It's rare to get someone who's that talented in that many ways.
10: Yeah will make has made it his own completely yeah uh, oh, there's a warmth such a warmth about will and there's a, a style and a uh, swagger to the genie and um a real you know he's a comedian too he's funny
12: there's some there's some moments that are so good and he also, in, in some of the songs, the musical numbers, he sort of really, he really, really made it his own, and and yeah. then cre- and created some material, and yeah. you know, brought some of the will, the some of the, like you know, we grew up on like you know, Will Smith rap or Big Willie style, <laughs> um, and there's a little Big Willie style that comes in there, um, little little fresh Prince attitude yeah, here and yeah. There. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's really it really is his own.
10: In this movie, you are really in the world fully immersed in it. Almost in a way that, where it feels like it's you know virtual reality, and you're in, in one of these. I could even see this movie actually seeing it through the in Oculus, yeah. just yeah. walking through it. Um, it's a rich, rich world, and sonically, it's I got to say, it's it's amazing. You know, the, the score is um, uh, is much more live action, uh, but still all the thematic things that you would put into uh, the score of Aladdin. But it's a very rich experience.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, just just uh, going on that, being able to see these characters that you grew up with become real people is a crazy experience. And because they, you know, they're your friends when you're a kid, and all of a sudden, then they're real people that you see singing and and going through all the adventures that you remember them going through. And that is wild. And and again, seeing it translated into an actual movie musical with real people, I think, is is. Going to be nostalgic, and um, but but at the same time, it's a whole new exciting experience because you're you're getting to meet your childhood friends. We flipped out, we totally flipped out. I mean, he's our you know our current hero, also like our childhood hero. Like he wrote the songs that that are that made us want to be songwriters.
12: Yeah, and the very first musical theater songs that we ever heard, the first characters we ever saw sing, were his creations. Right. I mean, if you really look at it, like, like the, seriously, the Little <laughs> Mermaid is the first
6: movie that I ever saw in a movie theater, but,
12: okay.
10: and and Aladdin
12: a, is the first CD that I ever
10: had. Uh, let's first of all let's let's make sort of say Howard and Allen. That's right. Because Howard Fair was the, the motherload of wonderfulness. Yes. But thank you for that. That's
6: true. And I, true. and we we also think that our generation is you know so in love with musical theater and has accepted it in this resurgence that's happening because of. Howard and Allen. I really think that. Because like we, we grew true. up, you know, loving musicals and musical theater storytelling, and that's because of these guys.
7: With Prince Ali, we had the challenge of having, you know, this huge camel in the middle of the parade that, you know, Ali rides in on. And um, you know, the funny part about it is it doesn't move it's right there in the middle of it and we have to dance around it and so uh so that was a bit of a challenge uh but i think more of the challenge were the moving camels <laughs> that enter the parade because we had we have to integrate dancing with 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 um camels and horses and you know what i mean like we had um we have legit like a farm, almost like a, you know, a, a herd coming through. So to choreograph animals was something I've never done. Will probably will say, well, this is what he tells me, you know, I don't, I don't really dance like that. You know, people think I can dance. I, you know, that's what he tells me. But I promise he, all I have to do is tell him one time, like, I, I you know, I could probably show it to him one time and he'll say, I got it. And I'll walk away thinking, he probably don't have it. And then the cameras will roll. And not only does he have it, but he's put the character into it and added a little bit to it. So I've never been more impressed with somebody. And I, I really am not just trying to like blow smoke. I, I really have never seen anybody be able to um, take movement and, and make it their own really quickly, you know, like Will does.
0: And now we're here to have some interviews with Bailey Magnuson as Prince Andres. Um, And then we have the person who plays Jafar, who is Marwan Kanzari. Leading on to Nazman Pidred as Dalia. And then we have the Sultan, who is Navid Negraban.
13: Enjoy. I got the opportunity to read the audition, um, ma- the audition material with uh, Prince Anders, and I just thought this was a, a jovial guy, a prince, you know, w- well off and, uh, you know, never really had any responsibilities for his whole life. And he actually, you know, because it's a Disney movie, I wanted to bring life and fun and happiness to it. Not that he is well put together in a sense, except for the people that are around him put him together well. Um, but I think he he smiles at the world, and there's no hate in his heart. Um, and what it's really cool, I love that you know, in this film, there's so many cultures that are just intertwined and just playing and living in the same world, and it's kind of awesome and beautiful. You know, it all comes together. How Naomi has brought this character to life. You know what? Actions speak louder than words in her dialogue, but her presence is what is so strong, and she is a dynamic, powerful, strong woman that commands the space, and you can't fake that. And that, that woman, uh, Naomi, is just so honest and uh, uh, pure, carrying that light, you know, that torch of femininity and strength at the same time, so. I, I I know she commands a room when she walks in, and it's it's really stunning to watch. I really enjoy working with him. He would get up, you know, in the scenes and like, you know, just play in the scene, and that's what you want. You want people engaged and really active in telling the story and wanting to get the best possible performance um, out. And uh, the guy is just so intelligent and well thought out and put together, and how he orchestrates this team of people from you know all the way from the hair to to the lighting you know uh, it's quite a commanding thing that he does epic stunning um jaw-dropping i just at the scale of it i remember walking the first day i walked onto set and i was like oh this is agrabah it's not real but it's real right now and just remember walking through the streets of it the first day, I was like, I think I'm lost and I don't know where Set is because it was so massive. So I can only imagine that's reflected through everything. Like, just the inside of the temple. I was like, gosh, this is, so elaborate. I think of the guy that has to put like every leaf up on the tree. I'm like, Steve, you gotta go. We got all 739 trees to put leaves on. Good luck, you know? That's how massive it is it's it's it's
9: wild Jafar is the uh, the vizier the 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 first man in command who works for the sultan and who I think he's an an angry man who's who's biggest motive is to become the most powerful man in the world, in the universe actually. And he he knows about this cave of wonders, and he knows about the lamp, so he basically needs a volunteer, someone who um, goes in and is capable of only taking the lamp and not being distracted by the, the, the large amount of gold and diamonds. Um, in that cave, because whoever touches anything else um, gets kicked out. So that's his obsession. Um, And as the story goes on and continues, you'll find out um, what he does when he gets the lamp. I like to have the the feeling that you're being backed up by by your by your director and the other way around, I guess, but he's exactly how I imagined him to be, which is just a very cool man <laughs> and he's he's um very he's intelligent and very specific um, but he's no nonsense and um he's fun to be around it doesn't matter what direction you walk and if you would take one point and you focus on one point you'll be amazed at the details of the of these sets and you know i just feel very grateful and and you know that you're allowed to be uh and i i really mean that it's not that, that i'm just saying that because it sounds good but it it's true you know i As an actor, I think you can only dream of being on sets like these where people have worked so hard uh, and have done such an amazing job in creating a world for you to perform in and, you know, it feels like you're being backed up by a very gigantic wave. which which makes you feel very proud to be part of such a strong team. Yeah, costumes, the sets, everything is very very rich in details. Very excited, yeah, very excited. I mean, I've been, I've been, you know, as a child, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been so so excited uh, about about playing the video game watching the 1992 movie so i've been always fascinated by uh, you wanted to be aladdin you wanted to fall in love with jasmine and you hated jafar so that has been present in my life since 1992 so yeah I you have guy Ritchie as your director and will smith playing the genie and uh, uh, a lovely, lovely Naomi and Mina as the two leads. It's, that's what, what brings the new uh, authentic style of this movie. Uh, and that together with all those iconic songs and the Disney story, that, that is exactly why this movie uh, is made. Well, I want them to sing those songs
1: for the, for the
9: next two years. Uh, I don't know, I, I just hope that they'll really love the, the movie. Uh, I hope that they'll be uh, uh, as equally as excited or even more excited and that their memories of the cartoon uh, aren't sort of disrupted Or uh, 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 and therefore I hope that the film will only add to that beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, story that Disney has created.
14: I played Dahlia. Princess Jasmine's best friend and handmaiden. Dahlia's legit. Uh Dahlia is sharp and confident and she's brutally honest. She doesn't just tell Jasmine, you know, what she wants to hear. Um, so Dahlia works at the palace during the day with Jasmine, but then lives in Agrabah. So she sort of has this unique perspective, you know, of seeing both worlds. And when Jasmine wants to escape the palace and go be with her people, Dahlia's really caught between supporting Jasmine, but also wanting to protect her. I think Dahlia is that friend who is relentlessly loyal, even when you're maybe being a pain in the butt. (laughs) Dahlia kind of gets to be Jasmine's wingwoman through the whole thing joking about the suitors that come to visit and really being on her side when no one no one else is. Dahlia is incredibly protective of Jasmine but also wants to support her friend and you know our hope is that young girls can watch that dynamic play out and really relate to it. Oh where to begin trying to describe my love for Naomi Scott. She is She's truly incredible and has become a dear friend. Um, I think much like Jasmine and Dahlia, Naomi and I had complete trust in each other. We we met a few weeks before we began shooting and immediately hit it off. And um, I think hopefully that joy and that friendship that came about very organically for us, you know, translates in the movie because we were genuinely having so much fun. We were just... Cry laughing in between takes. I think this film is really everything you love about the original Aladdin with this really fun and modern spin on it. And at the end of the day, it's a story about a boy who learns ultimately that he's enough being exactly who he is. It's classic and timeless, and I'm just so excited to see this entirely new generation of kids. Be inspired by it.
8: I think a worry that Sultan has for Jasmine is um, he sees how bright and how brave and how passionate she is about life and. Um, how much she cares about her people. And um, he is he's just worried that maybe maybe she's not safe. Maybe maybe something happens to her. And he's trying he is just trying to protect her. He is not uh, he's not trying to stop her from being who she is. I was trying to go after the cartoon character and kind of being a little bit more, I don't know, silly or goofy. And then um, Guy said, no, 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 I, I see him. I see him as a man who has been through wars, as a man who understands the world and he really cares about his people, as a man who cares about his daughter as a man who's worried about his daughter and his country. And uh, that gave me the core or the strength of the character. So it was a combination of all these people coming together and sharing their their passion, their opinion, the hard work, and then that's the Sultan. Will is coming, and he is he has his sense of humor he uh, he keeps it fun, and uh, at the same time he um, he transforms into different characters and uh, um, being a genie, you you need to be able to, to take all those shapes because okay. In animation, the animator is, uh, has the ability to to play with it. Here, okay, we have special effects, but all those emotions, all those mm, the the essence of the character that it comes through. So that that is the actor's work, and uh, it's fun just sitting back and watching him, even when he is on the screen on the blue screen and in front of the. In his magical outfit and uh, the way that he plays with it, I think he has tons of fun with the character. Working with Guy is very interesting. He, um, he, gives you. I, I think he kind of creates a. Um, he makes himself your safety net. And then he starts playing as like bunch of kids in a sandbox, sitting there and playing. For example, today when we were shooting the scene, it was it was very interesting the process and the journey um, that he took us through. It was um, it was incredible. The um, the rehearsals that we have when we are sitting and we are discovering the characters and. Um, what I like about him is that the, um, he the, he's very he's very open when it comes to to discovering the character. Uh, he has his own vision, and then he allows you to to play with it, and then he comes in and he fine tunes the character.
3: All right, next up, we have Dan Lynn, who's a PGA producer. We have Gemma Jackson, who's a production designer. Jonathan Eric, who is also a PGA producer. And Michael Wilkinson, who is the costume designer. Check it out.
15: In making this movie, we had a chance to modernize the story. You know, Jasmine, we can go deeper into her character. In the original movie, she's really just looking for love. In this movie, she's really looking to be more of her own person, to find herself and to stand up for herself. She's not good enough just being a princess. She wants to go out and see the world, see the world of Agrabah and even the world outside of Agrabah. She wants to be Sultana. And in this world, we really love her because she's a fiercely independent, strong woman. She's not just living on the laurels of being a princess. She wants to be her own person. She wants to be independent and she wants to rule. And we just love that kind of strong female character who knows what she wants. And at the same time, she's there to save her world of Agrabah. She's not a selfish character. She's really there to look out for her people. I think the thing I love most about what Will brought to this movie is that it was an original take on the genie character. You've never seen this genie before. He takes on lots of different incarnations, lots of different looks, lots of different flavors. Will sings his own songs in the movie, he raps himself, Uh, he dances, I mean, he does everything you want Will Smith to do. I mean, you realize why Will Smith is the biggest movie star in the world. He becomes the genie, and the genie is larger than life. The genie is physically huge, and you just love what he brings to the character. He adds a lot of heart and emotion. He's a big brother that you always wanted. When I first walked onto the set of Agrabah, it was just a sense of relief. and It was a relief because we had looked all over the world to see where we should shoot the movie. And ultimately, we decided to shoot in the outskirts of London to control the weather and to control the set. And the set itself was just transportive. Gemma Jackson, our production designer, and her crew just did an amazing job. If you were to close your eyes and open your eyes, you would have no idea where in the world you were. I mean, it literally took you to this world of Agrabah and it's heavily inspired by Arabia with some touches of South Asia as well. So it's truly a global port with people from all over the world. And so when you walked around and you feel the the textures and the colors and all different types of people and languages and animals around, it was just a magical world. And that's when I kind of breathed a sigh of relief going, okay, I'm in the world of Aladdin. Michael Wilkinson was a costume designer and I'd worked with him on Terminator Salvation. And he brought everything that we wanted him to bring to this movie and more. You really want the design just to be beautiful. And especially in the case of Jasmine, you want her to feel like a princess with beautiful dresses, iconic dresses and iconic jewelry. And he just did an amazing job that every character is very distinct with their style. Every character has their own personality. But the costume, because the movie is dealing with royalty, you are dealing with a sultan. You're dealing with a princess that they feel, the costumes feel lavish. They are wish fulfillment. You understand why Aladdin wants to become a prince and why he wants to enter this world. And it's such a, a beautiful display of artistry of what Michael brought to the movie. And the costumes almost feel like they're their own character uh, in their own way. Even with the genie, I love the different looks. He wears like these different hats and, and uh, head wraps and he made every character have their own silhouette. So when you look at them, they all represent their specific personality and the journey that they're going on.
16: The palace, which is where we are now, um, I kind of thought, palaces, you know, once done castles and this and that, I'm a bit over it. And so I was just looking again through all my various reference books and thinking about palaces and little girls and what do little girls like? And I came across this monastery in Burma, which was all wood and quite much more aged than this. It was all w- wood, painted gold, the whole structure. And that was where I started on, which then obviously turned out into a huge palace. But I started with this, these images of this beautiful old faded gold painted wood. And um, the rest sort of fell into place. We have his sort of hideaway in Agrabah, the Broken Tower which was supposed to be way up high, and, and there was lots of sort of nefarious ways he had of reaching it and sort of clever things happened. And then you went up there, and that was lovely, because he had this way he pulled this huge kind of canopy over, and uh, it was all sort of prints on the inside, and it just gave a whole different sort of ambiance of the broken rocks and what have you. So that was really nice. And Guy liked that one a lot, actually. And, uh, and it, just, it just gave us another dimension, because... Uh, you know, we're in around that town all the time and then we're in the palace and it's nice having that dimension. The lion's head, which is the, the right down there, which is, is kind of exciting because um, we've seen them in the desert, we've seen them cross over towards it and sort of lure towards it. And then we have this kind of fairly um, graphic, if you like, huge great big mouth that he is then going to be disappearing down into, which will take us then into this whole journey. So not. So dissimilar to the actual animation, really, and um, and then the whole thing of the of that when it, after he's found the lamp and the whole place turns upside down and you've got the rivers of lava coming down and the gold all melting. So we've tried to begin that um, in a, in a three-dimensional way where they're going to be moving around and it sort of, it just gives um, Chaz just a sort of a hint of a tint and then he can go off and have rivers and huge, great, big eruptions and volcanic whatever and a little bit stunning, I should think.
17: Jafar was a, a fun character for us because it was this challenge of, you know, as Guy would say, the character can be a bit pantomime and both with his sort of hypnotic snake and, and the costumes and, you know, how do you ground that character in a way that, you know, again, is true to sort of the fun and the villainy in, in the original film and yet also gives him sort of a real point of view and a real perspective that we can relate with, and like Aladdin, you know, he had a similar, you know, whether he was an orphan, we never find out the specifics of it, but that he was sort of a, you know, a quote-unquote street rat like Aladdin. He was a thief that basically rose up off the streets all the way into the palace and into one of the highest positions in the palace as the vizier, but the problem is for him, he was born into something that he can never rise any higher, so, you know, he's, he's desired this position of power that he wants to be at the top. And he feels like he's earned it, and there's an argument to be made for the fact that, obviously, is cunning. He is intelligent. He's worked his way all the way up there. Maybe he is, you know, intelligent enough that he deserves the the top position. And certainly, in his mind, he does. But ultimately, he knows he can never have it without the help of magic. Well, the crazy thing how how well we lucked out with the three of them, and then we also had Will Smith. You know, <laughs> we had the loveliest, most professional most talented person you could ever imagine to to play the genie and i think throughout this movie you know it was it was not only guy but it was you know our the our other producers and RAD and everyone saying that this was the most fun they had on a movie because the cast was so fun you know and everybody had such a great attitude and everyone brought it every single day and you know i think that just made everyone's lives so much easier and led to a production that you know everyone was sort of smiling throughout the movie and and having a great time and and I do think a lot of that stuff you know when the attitude on set is that positive it does wind up on screen somehow he's always known exactly what he wanted for this film you know and again i think the tone for him was first and foremost the most important thing and has never lost sight of that whether it's within a musical number whether it's a tiny pickup for vfx or whether it's you know a, a big dialogue driven scene for our lead actors he always knew sort of what the tone of the movie should be. I think that's a thing that a lot of filmmakers, you know, lose sight of very easily. And it's so easy to lose sight of because these movies are so long and, you know, and they're over the course of so many days. It's it's hard to remember exactly what that, what that tone was, what that point of view was on a certain scene, what that attitude was three months ago. And it feels like he's always known what it is and, and he always knows what he's looking for.
1: We're
15: it, back in London. Yeah, we were shooting here, so this is like coming back home. Yeah, it's amazing.
18: It's such a dream come true. We've been to some other people's premieres here, and to have our own movie here is, is really exciting. I, th- I think it's one of those messages that's always, you know, relevant. It, it's sort of, you know, you are enough. Is sort of the message of the movie, you know. And I think we look at sort of social media right now and all these other things that are happening, and people struggle to feel good about themselves. It's this is a movie that essentially says you are enough. Just feel. You know, feel good and know that, know that that is the case. So I think between that and the opportunities to update Jasmine and really empower her as a female lead, I felt like there were a lot of exciting reasons to, to do this right now. It's just a great
15: classic love story. Two people from two different sides of the track and, and they fall in love and it's a really sweeping
1: moment.
18: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, we had, you know, t- such a weapon in Naomi, you know, she has this incredible voice, she is a recording artist, so we knew we wanted her to have a signature song in this movie, and then we had the opportunity to team up with a hero of ours, Alan Mankin and Paskin Paul, who, you know, are incredibly hot coming off of all that they've done, and in- both Broadway and film. So, you know, they really wanted to do something that felt inspiring and felt modern for her character. They actually based it off a line in the original animated film where um, Jafar tells her that she should just remain speechless. And Passive and Paul got really excited about that idea and started writing lyrics and then working with Mencken to come up with a song. So, we think it's a really special signature number. And again, it's just one of those things that makes this movie different, you know? It feels like we wanted to give something new to the audience. So for this movie we
15: bring back the original classics with a slight modern twist. And we love what Will Smith has done with the music. But then to have a new song that's so powerful, every time we watch it, the hair in our arms raises up. So it's a really powerful emotion.
18: I mean, it's a dream come true for me. It's a, my favorite animated movie as a child, so to have an opportunity to work on it was just a dream come true. You know, I knew the word to every single song, you know, since I was a kid. And when we started working on the project again, it was sort of like I hadn't forgotten any of these lyrics. You know, so when you're there and you have, you know, you're shooting these musical numbers for five days in a row, and we're all hearing the songs a thousand times, and you don't get tired of it, you know, it's something special, and you have this chance to work with a real classic and sort of putting your own spin on it. So
15: it really was such a dream come true for us. It's a chance to work with a major movie star, Will Smith, and at the same time, discover new voices, both musically and also acting-wise. So to see Naomi, uh, to see Marwan, uh, to see Mina as well, it's really exciting. We, we search literally all over the globe to find this cast. We're excited to introduce these, these new actors to the global stage.
19: With Aladdin and Jasmine... We had, of course, lots of fittings. Uh, these characters are very important to us all. We tried on lots of different silhouettes, especially for Naomi, uh, and it was great to sort of, as we as we sort of cycled through different looks and colors and fabrics and things on her, it was really interesting to get her input on how that made her feel, what was going in the right direction, what wasn't. Um, you know, it was very important for us to show her as a very strong, intelligent uh, woman who is um, sort of uh, the, the mistress of her own destiny and sort of battling with this sort of sense of um, responsibility and duty and her own vision of herself. And so uh, describing those sort of qualities in the way she dressed and how she um, presented herself to the world, that was a really interesting journey to explore with with Naomi. Mina Masood was cast, a fantastic character and starting point for this character. And we um, worked together about the costume and came up with an idea. We wanted it to be have a modern appeal and to have a freshness to it, and so we liked the idea, for example, that his iconic waistcoat had a hood on it, uh, it kind of felt a little bit more um, of today's culture, even though hoods have been around, of course, for a long time. Um, uh, we found a really lovely strong red fabric um, and put some wonderful sort of authentic detailing through it. Uh, I found some great striped fabrics that I thought would be fun. It was like nice and graphic for the shirting and for his trousers. Uh, again, it also has a timeless feel. It could be ancient, it could be modern. Um, and so we put together this silhouette for him that uh, had like a youthful, kind of fresh, dynamic quality.
4: And last but not least, we have Guy Ritchie, who is the director of the film. And the co-screenwriter. And co-screenwriter. Then we have Mina Kanzari, who is Aladdin himself. Naomi Scott, as, of course, Jasmine. And Will Smith. I mean, everybody should know who he plays as.
3: That's the genie. He he plays Dr. Manhattan. He plays genie in a bottle.
7: (laughs) Not the bottle. You gotta rub him the right way.
3: (laughs) Enjoy.
17: (laughs)
20: Enjoy. Yeah, this wouldn't be the first time I've said this, but... I enjoyed making this film more than I've enjoyed making any other. And I think in part it's because of the frequency of, or the tonality of the film, that because it is a family film, uh, it it gave off a sort of warm radiation to everyone that was involved in it. And I found that the cast and the crew also felt that. So it had a kind of good vibe from its inception to the end. Although it was terribly challenging, um, it was challenging in all the right ways uh, in no small part because it's a musical and because it was a family film uh, and now I'm not particularly familiar with those uh, with that experience but it was I suppose the warmth ultimately it was the warmth of the of the project uh, where I'm familiar with making slightly darker more, uh, uh, more macabre uh, stories it, it was refreshing to make something that Gave off a sort of warm radiation. We first meet Aladdin, um, where there are two uh, grifters trying to work their uh, their magic on him, and it, it quickly becomes realized that he's one step ahead of them. Um, and there's a, it's it's, it's a, th- a thief working on a thief um, with charm. So what we were after was a street thief with with charm, um, and then one thing leads to another. And swiftly, we re- we realise he's a he's a thief with a heart, uh, not only with charm. He's with heart when he comes to the defence of a uh, of who, who transpires to be Princess Jasmine. But at the time, there is no revelation that she be she's anything other than um, a young lady who he feels he should protect. You know, the most challenging. Uh, component of this film was, I, I think, the casting. Uh, it went on for at least a year, and we looked on all the continents that this planet has to offer. Um, and we, you Nomi, know, who we, um, Nomi was in with, with very tough competition, you know? Uh, all these girls were had, had magnificent voices. They all looked spectacular. They had tremendous charisma. Um, they were wonderful actresses, so they had all of the prerequisite um, ingredients that uh, an audience and a director could desire. Um, but there was something about Naomi and her enthusiasm, uh, her boundless generosity of spirit, which was gradually became so conspicuous. Uh, it became, it became clear that she was going to be who who we wanted our Jasmine to be. Yeah, I mean, before you get there, I'll tell you what was a tricky one. Uh, and we really threw a lot of man hours at that. And that was Friend Like Me. Uh, Friend Like Me, All did that suck up some creative man hours. Um, and ultimately, and that really was a, a team effort. Um, Prince Ali sort of, sort of revealed itself quite organically. Uh, it was going to be what it was going to be. It was here is Prince Ali revealing himself um, as he presents himself to um, the royal family and the Sultan and the, the princess, as it were. So you're you're confined, you're you're bound and limited by a a scene, if you will. Well, that's not the case with with a friend like me. A friend like me is you you pull the pin out of an intergalactic uh, creative universe, but somehow you have to make a a cohesive narrative or out of that limitless uh, clown's pocket. Inherent within the DNA of Aladdin uh, is a a cinema experience rather than to a home cinema experience. So it's just too big. It's too big a premise and too exotic a premise. So we, I, as a director, am allowed to enjoy all the benefits of uh, deep and creative pockets. But in order to fully appreciate that, it's a big screen experience. Uh, in a time where there's a polarization between big screen and small screen experiences, you know, as I say, it's inherent within the DNA of Aladdin that it's a big screen experience.
11: So one of the things that we're trying to do in this film, um, like I said, is, is add layers to the story and with that comes Jasmine's character. And we're really trying to um, be appropriate to the times that we live in and Jasmine in this film is a very strong, empowered woman. And what Naomi Scott is able to do, who plays Jasmine, she's able to bring that sense of stability and groundedness and empowerment to this character. And Jasmine's desire in this film is to return Agrabah to the place that it used to be when her mother was still alive. Um, kind of like the kingdom that it used to be, the lost kingdom. Um, and she, she just adds that dimension beautifully to everything that she does with this character. Prince Ali is pr- definitely our biggest number of the film. Uh, there's a lot of performers in that number and uh, it was amazing man it it was like you know unlike anything I've ever seen and even people who have been in this business 20-30 years uh, you know said that it was unlike anything they've ever seen there was like 300 background performers and there was acrobats and jugglers and all sorts of very very skilled people camel riders and Uh, camels and horses and carriages and this huge float that I was up on so I looked like a a little bleep on top of this huge float Um, so it was really really incredible to see and witness and um, you know Will did such a great job of leading that parade as the genie What happens in the film, right, is that Aladdin meets the genie for the first time ever. He doesn't know who he is, he doesn't know anything about him. And as the movie progresses, we see them build a relationship together. And uh, that was very authentically what happened with me and Will. You know, I had never met Will before. Um, I met him the first day I didn't know who he was I had only heard stories of him like Will Smith kind of like you hear stories about the genie right Aladdin's probably heard stories about like the cave of wonders and the genie and that was a lot like Will you know I watched this man growing up this incredible actor and I'd never met him before and um you know as we got closer in real life so did Aladdin and genie in the film so um it was very interesting. I don't think anyone you know, planned for it to happen that way, but that's just the way it happened. And it was very authentic, and I, I think it comes across because there are scenes where you see Aladdin and the Genie really comfortable with each other, and then you see scenes where they're trying to figure each other out, and, and they don't really know how to navigate each other's worlds, and that's very much happened uh, in real life as well. I think what's really important with the Genie, uh, no matter who where to do it, and you know we see it with Robin, is that they're authentically themselves. Um, you can't really put on the genie and you can't force him and you can't fake him because he's an entity and he's a spirit and he's all these incredible, very sophisticated things. And the amazing thing about Will is that he plays this as the Will Smith that we know and love and he brings all his dimensions to it. You know, every movie that you've seen of Will Smith with his different characters, you know, like Pursuit of Happiness, he plays this very, it's very serious and it's very dramatic, and then he'll do a Hitch where he's funny and he's charismatic, he brings that all together in this one role, and you get to see Genie with incredibly different dimensions and incredibly different flavors, and you can't fake that, you really can't. You just have to cast the right person, and. I honestly don't think anyone else in the world could have played him except Will. But he was amazing. Um, He was able to really communicate his vision really well with us and the rest of the crew. He knew exactly what he wanted. He brought his years of experience of creating stories about thieves. A lot of people think like, Guy Richie, that's, that's a weird choice for this film. It's actually the perfect choice for this film. Because if you look at the past stories that he's brought to life, they all have this element of crime or thievery to them. And Aladdin, at his essence, is a thief trying to survive. And he's able to bring that vision to this story and bring it to life. Um, so it was just an incredible journey working with him and I, uh, I, get to, I hope I get to work with him again. Yeah, Michael Wilkinson, uh, great costume designer, uh, prolific in the industry. And, um, you know, it it was a bit of a journey trying to get the looks exactly the way we wanted, especially for Aladdin. He wanted to be authentic to, um, you know, this part of the world and the era that we were uh, living in, in this world of Agrabah. But we also wanted to modernize it a little bit in the sense that we wanted to, um, we wanted people to relate to it. So we worked on certain aspects, you know, trying to slim down certain things. Where can we keep it baggy? Where can we slim it down? Um, You know, where can we add certain textures that are cool? You know, one of the things that I love about this film for Aladdin is his vest that he wears. It's a multifunctional vest. It's very appropriate, because Aladdin doesn't have a lot of clothes, Right. right? So he needs one or two pieces that can really help him survive. So he has like a secret pocket in this vest in the back where he can hide things that he steals. He has a hood where Abu can sit and lounge. Um, it's thick because he's out in the desert and it gets really, really cold at night for anyone that's ever you know, experienced the desert. So he was able to um, bring all these different things and combine them and then we were able to alter them and, and I think make them look really cool. Like I think people are gonna wanna wear these clothes when they go out. Like, I want to wear Aladdin's pants on a daily basis, you know? <laughs> uh, it's, I'm excited. It's my first time seeing it fully finished and with an audience, so I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, he goes on this journey that everybody goes through, which he's trying to find himself. He's trying to learn that he's good enough, and uh, he's trying to find his personal identity, so I think everyone can relate to that. Uh, I kind of just put my head down and started working. You know, we had 15-hour days and uh, I did my best to, to try and perfect everything as much as I could. Uh, you know, we've empowered Princess Jasmine in this story and Aladdin does that a lot. Um, he tries to sacrifice for those around him and he sacrificed for the genie. So uh, I think we've modernized it quite a bit in that sense and hopefully people can relate. I want them to feel more love. I want them to feel inspired. Uh, And I want them to uh, go home and and try to become better human beings, because we we can all do that. Probably One Jump, you know, it's Aladdin's big number, and he gets to sing and do a lot of stunt work. Uh, That was a ton of fun working with the stunt team.
21: I think this movie is both things. I think it's both a reimagining, and it's, um, you know, stays true to the elements of the original that everyone loves you know you're going to have all those songs you love um you're going to have all that that sense of nostalgia whilst adding new things you know new songs new characters um which is which is the most exciting part of reimagining something in the original movie jasmine is uh, fighting for her choice, you know she sees right through all the ulterior motives of the men around her and the suitors and all of those different things i think which is which is amazing, and I think that those are foundational things that were really important to me things that I loved growing up that I that I absolutely took and and tried to you know replicate however I think for this movie what's great is she's not just fighting for her, uh, her own choice she's fighting for the choice of others and she's fighting for um, to make uh, other people's lives better because she wants to rule over a people that she loves so much. So I think that's kind of awesome As she's even more ambitious, you know? She's she's looking out for the kingdom as a whole and, um, and their well-being. First of all, Will is so incredibly iconic, um, which is interesting because when he recorded the songs, uh, <laughs> it really took a, just a split second for me to just be like, Oh yeah. Like that makes sense. I think it's really not to be underestimated the musical ability that Will has and his his um his performance. He's he has so much musicality and that's so important for that to like pop on screen and it really does. I mean Will already, you know, bursts through the screen and he has such a energy and um yes yeah he's obviously so much so larger than life and i think that is what the genie is you know the genie is someone you root for someone that you love and someone that you laugh with um and and for me those are all qualities that will has and he poured his heart and soul into this and as soon as you see him on screen you feel at home and that's how i felt watching him Mina brings an authenticity to what he does and a, and a depth to it as well. I think Aladdin's not just this fun loving character. There's a real there's a there's a depth to him and there's clearly uh, something missing. There's clearly an insecurity about him and and who he is. And I think Mina brought that vulnerability which I thought was really important Uh, because you know when he smiles he's like he's like charming you know um he has like a beautiful big smile but I think what was important was to bring that other aspect to it um and and also mean as someone as a person who really makes you feel safe and he loves to you know look after you and um and that's also really important as I said before Aladdin is is a trustworthy uh, character you know jasmine feels like in a split moment she can trust him um so i think that's also uh what what mina mina brings to the character and alter- we we really did have a wonderful time and i think we felt like we were this unit you know um which again is really important on, on a movie like this so yeah I, I love him he's no one else could do it just to start off by saying, I'm a huge Guy Ritchie fan. Anyway, um, however, what I think Guy does amazingly well is the kind of the tone of a movie and the pace is so important. And I think that for this movie, it is just like it keeps giving, giving, giving. Um, it's so pacey, like there's it's always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, and it constantly gives you something. And I think that. God, there's also a freedom to how a uh, guy shoots, which allows it to not be so rigid and everything to be choreographed, which of course there are, there are moments that uh, chore- choreographies needed, but there was, there was definitely a freedom about it, which I think was kind of surprising for me actually. Like a movie that you, you know, that, that's this big, you think, okay, you know, everything's gonna be v- to the T, you have to do this, have to do that. But really, um, he allows a lot of space. Um, which I think is really important. The other thing is uh, you can always judge a good director by the way their crew talk about them as well, and um, his crew, they just would do anything for him, Um, and they really respect him as a director, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, So, I, I, yeah, I, I love Guy, loved working with him. Well, of course, the amazing Alan Menken, who uh, is the genius behind these classic songs? Uh, we enli- Disney enlisted him and um, Pasek and Paul, um, amazing lyricists, amazing songwriters. Um, so that kind of force of a team to create this new song, speechless, which is which is so powerful. And obviously, I have a, a connection to that song just because the character. It's you know Jasmine's character. She goes through this arc of finding finding her voice and um, yes, she's strong and yes she stands up for herself, but it takes time. you know she's not just there at the beginning of the movie and I think that that song is just the climax of when she's like, you know what enough is enough and I have a choice here and I'm gonna speak out and I'm, and, and, and it may hurt me. It may uh, I may get backlash from that, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And I think that's a very um, relatable thing, and I think that that's a very good message to put out there. Is um, it's so important that the people that can speak up do, and um, and that and, and that's ultimately what that song is about. I'm so excited. It's been two years since we first started. Can you believe that? It's been so long. And we love this movie. We hope that people enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it. Then I think we'll be great. Only that she was my favorite princess growing up. I mean, pretty obvious, right? She is Princess Jasmine. It's one of the most iconic princesses and one that I gravitated towards when I was a little girl. Um, I think, for me, I was just so excited to. the opportunity to humanize such an iconic animated character and um, that's what i that's what i wanted to do i wanted to humanize her make her more well-rounded give her a strong narrative and um, ultimately she wants to be the leader you can expect everything. This movie literally has all of those nostalgic songs that you know and love, and more. And there's such a powerful message. Um, you know, the princess Jasmine that we put forth is strong, and she knows her own mind, and uh, she has a really wonderful arc. So I really hope that like little girls watch it and feel empowered. Um, then I would feel like I did my job.
5: You know, it was much more um, terrifying, right? Um, You know, Robin Williams just did an absolutely brilliant, memorable, uh, nostalgic job in in this film. So for me, when I'm looking at a role and especially something that, has historical nostalgic value to it I'm asking myself is there any meat left on the bone what is it that I would add to the role and one of the major aspects was going from animation to live action so the idea that was going to be live action I was like okay that's going to be different Um, the the idea of being able to modernize to be able to pay homage to the original character and to to be able to honor Robin while at the same time giving a new voice to modernize the the genie, I, I, I saw that there was um, uh, potential for absolute tragedy, but uh, there was a, there was a potential to be able to create something that did both of those things. You know, I love what what Mina did is is. Um, Aladdin has a little edge. Like Aladdin, you know, it's like um Mina made Aladdin cool. You know, Aladdin is um he he's got a little a little roughness around the edges. He's he's uh, you know, not perfectly crystal crystal clean. And it was it was fun to see um the Aladdin brought in and humanized in that way there's a there's a really strong emotion that Mina is able to capture of struggle with aladdin that that I like so the 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 first meeting is uh in the cave of wonders and uh Jafar knows that because his heart isn't pure he would never be able to get the get the lamp so he's sending Aladdin in to get the lamp to just see if aladdin's uh, heart is pure so aladdin goes in and uh of course his his heart was pure enough to get in and aladdin rubs the lamp so the the genie's first impression of aladdin is oh it's clearly not you you know you're you're he looks at aladdin aladdin really isn't impressive enough to have found the lamp and rub the lamp so he's like where you know he wants to know where's your boss where's the you know who who's really in charge and uh, aladdin makes it clear. No, it's just me. I'm the, I'm the one that's in here. I'm the only one that that's here. So the, the, I guess the first impression the genie has of Aladdin is thoroughly unimpressed. Yeah. The, the, the Prince Ali parade is probably one of the, the signature pieces of the, the piece and the, the combination of uh, practical and CGI it's it, it really was um, uh, an extravaganza <laughs> you, you know it's it's hundreds of extras uh, on on multiple uh, levels and animals and costumes and stunts and uh, singing and dancing um, and the the way that that it was was shot and the way it was captured and it, it's um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to sit in an audience when, when that happens. So yeah, one of the um, new ideas for uh, Princess Jasmine um, was her uh, desire to lead the people of Agrabah. She has an opinion and a perspective on uh, how it should be led, and. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a, a modern take on the character uh, that I think will be welcomed by the audience. And I think uh, Naomi had a, a very clear um, position on how she wanted to deliver that. And um, you know, I think I think it's a I think it will go over well. I think it's a good addition. I was. Uh, delighted Uh, after our first meeting we talked I was it took me about 10 minutes I was like okay yes uh, I'm in you know he's between action and music um, and then his character uh, concentration it was just very different from what I was thinking about for um, a Disney movie Uh, but he, he delivered something that is really unique and it's it's clever and it's fun and it's uh, funny in a different way. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, very proud of of what he's done. You know, really, the 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 music Just is what right, got me. You know, you I spent some time in the studio messing around with the music before I made a decision. Please um, get a you know, Robin Lexus Williams did such a brilliant job. Reserve. He really revolutionized what you could do in animation. Uh, he changed the game, so I was a, a little nervous about that. But the music gave me an M. When I started messing around with the music and started playing around with a little bit of the old school hip hop flavor in the, the music, that's how I sort of found my end to the, the genie, to be able to title, uh, create a new signature me, to it while not compromising the nostalgia. You know, there, there are some beautiful ideas yeah, in this movie, that, like that Disney magic. To, uh, the, these stories up, and the way yeah, that they have the have, have really crafted now, these stories, uh, like the done idea done. of you know a young man, uh, a street rat, as he's called in the movie, falls in love with a princess. We all kind of feel like that a little bit, you know. So being able to uh, play in a movie that's about someone learning how to be comfortable being themselves and, themselves and realizing. And that you can have all the things you desire as you are. You're already lovable. You're already deserving. You're already worthy. You know. And then for me being a genie as a part of helping somebody find their way to those ideas, it's like it's like a per- it's a perfect movie to me. So now Tokyo is like
16: atmosphere.
5: Yes. <laughs> oh, no, this is beautiful. We we've, we've never done a, a parade for this before. This is the first time. This is how we should do the premieres everywhere.
15: the there any similarities <laughs> with
5: Yeah, you know, as, a, as an actor, you always try to find um, what is it about the character that you can relate to. Um, and the idea behind the genie, um, sort of how the genie defines love and how the genie defines service is by helping Aladdin, or helping people become the greatest version of themselves. So that was the part that I could really relate to. I have that uh, desire to uh, be a genie in my real life. I like I like how it feels to be able to help people learn and grow and be become uh, the best version of themselves. Uh, what is that? uh minasan kumbawa? This film is fantastic. I think you're going to love it here uh, in, in in Japan. It's it's uh, just a beautiful, uh, beautiful, wonderful film. A lot of heart, great music, action, drama, comedy, everything. So thank you. I'm I'm really excited to do this. When we were when we were talking about it, there was going to be uh, that we were going to sit together. And someone else was going to interview us, and I was like, "Well, no." no. It's like I want to interview them. Yes, <laughs> and I want to
21: be interviewed
5: by you. Yes, exactly. you know. So we we spent. I'm uh,
1: indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: when I heard that, that we were gonna be redoing Aladdin, there was like that combination of, oh my God, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then Stark Holy Terror. terror. <laughs> yes!
1: I was waiting Stark, for it, I was like, Terror, terror. Yeah, oh terror. No, so no. What,
5: what was your, like, your first reaction when you found out you were gonna play one of the most iconic characters oh, Will, in the, in, in in the history the of cinema? I mean,
18: Ever made. <laughs> yeah. No pressure.
21: Honestly, I was excited. Mm. I, I think maybe I got to the fear maybe a little bit later, no. but um, because the thought of humanising an animated character yeah. that w- that's iconic is great because you're going off an animation, which means that there are definitely certain things that are the foundation of a character. Absolutely. But you can humanize that that person you know yeah, yeah. Um, which is so exciting because then i could make her into a woman that was so many different things Absolutely. so that was exciting for me mm. and because i like she's obviously one of my favorite disney princesses yeah. for reals i'm not just saying that <laughs> not just saying that because i'm playing her now. Yeah. she is now she is exactly <laughs> um so i was i was it, for me it was just exciting
1: mm-hmm.
11: um and then the fear came. And then the fear, yeah. Still is present. <laughs> How about you? Um, I, I didn't have time to think about it. I don't know mm. if I ever told you this, mm-hmm. but I found out I got it on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and had to fly out on a Friday. Wow. For six months, so I had to I, oh, had to, I had a day and a half wow. to pack all my stuff.
21: Yes, I remember.
11: Because of your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
21: always.
11: Wait,
1: are we That's here?
11: Actually, you know what? Where I think it may have been home? a better idea to let someone else do this interview. Where are we
1: right now? <laughs> no, but it was good. It was good because I yeah. didn't
11: have time to dwell on it. Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. like, all yeah. right, here it is. Yes. Go. Yeah. Like, you do not have time to stop and overthink this. So it was good. I think it was a blessing in disguise. Mm.
5: Who in your family or friends liked that, when you told them, who who was the person that was most excited about it?
11: I woke up my parents at 3 a.m. because I was I had rapped on another film that I was finishing up. I came home. My dad, I've never seen him more excited. He like oh. jumped out of bed, wow. gave me a hug. And I think my mom was half sleeping, half crying. <laughs> she was like,
1: really? Oh, your <laughs> mom is so crying. cute that as well. Is your mom is the best. That is fantastic. What about you?
21: They, I think everyone may have told a few people that what was going on at the time, but my favorite reactions, one was my friend Adrian, mm-hmm. who just was, who literally just went, girl bye, and then just, <laughs> and then just hung up on me, <laughs> and then like took a good 15 minutes before he rang me back. Uh, and one of my other good, really good friends, Shelly, she just burst out crying. Yeah. Um, and uh, my brother, as you know, Will, yeah. the only reason he cared that I was in the movie is because of you.
2: I
11: <laughs>
21: know. Uh, <laughs>
11: um, and that's true. Big fan. He yeah. literally
21: doesn't really, he's not that bothered about what I do, apart from the fact that I'm in a movie with Will Smith, because he is the biggest Will Smith fan that in the world.
11: What about you? Because you know, yeah. you've know you done this for so long oh, now. Was this sure even a surprise? Yeah, he went the
5: other way uh, on me. You know, it, it just caught me off guard a little bit, <laughs> You know, when the questions are coming back. No, uh, you know, it, it was, um, you know, for me, the, the major thing was uh, how huge and perfect a character Robin Williams had already played in the movie, mm-hmm. right? And I've been, I've been in these situations before where things have come up, where you have roles where people have nostalgic, emotional connection to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's i love robin williams i love what he did with the 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 genie and the question i always ask myself with those those kinds of roles is can you is is there any meat left on the bone right right? can you do a service to the love and nostalgia that is connected to it while at the same time bringing something new to the next Generation. Mm-hmm. I felt it a little bit with with Muhammad Ali when yeah. I when I played Ali. That was mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying. And then I've never felt it, and in a strange way, even more so with the genie.
21: Mm. Right. Yeah, no, right? I can understand it's more. That. It's
5: like it's. The the character becomes ingrained in people's hearts and minds in a way that it's like a family member. Yeah. You know. So I was terrified in in that sense, and I, I watched the movie about ten times, and I, I did feel that because it was live action, and because there is such a distinct character that I have played historically, I thought it would fit nicely. Yeah. Right. in the Absolutely. in the 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 modernizing of the genie where I could pay. Pay homage to to Robin and in honor and be wildly respectful to his depiction, while at the same time bringing bringing something new.
21: And he's human yeah. as well in this movie. Like there's you flick between yes, the two. Yes, absolutely. So there's that other dimension, you know, where
5: you get, you add exactly. the the human going the from humanizing. animation. Yeah, I think it, I think if it hadn't been animation before, I wouldn't have yes. taken it. Right.
1: right. Because right. it
5: was animation, and yes. we could humanize that. That was the the meat on the bone the that something. I felt. Something. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. There was a see uh, I hope I remember what Mina's uh, line was. What was his actual? What was the line okay. supposed to yes, be? Yes, yeah,
21: we need to get this right. The, the don't line. we?
5: He was. He.
21: Uh, uh, <laughs> it was, oh, it was
5: like he was talking to okay. Jafar. He's,
11: he's not, not.
5: He's, he's not, not. He's not who he says, says he, he is. He's. He's not. My <laughs> <who laughs> he <laughs> he <laughs> Sultan. My Sultan. He's Jafar not. is, is, is not, not who, who he, he says, says he, he is. is. Yeah.
11: Okay.
21: And
5: I believe that the actual quote it was. He'd
21: given up. My Sultan.
5: Him nam him whom seem him is. <laughs> he was like, you nail that every time. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, cut. I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? And he, he, couldn't, get, he couldn't get the words out. <laughs> My sultan, him <heem> nam whom him seem him is.
11: But I committed to the then, after. You committed right? to
5: the, but then, after. But then to the
21: after. Marwan had the line after. So Marwan <laughs> went, oh, I'm not whom I'm
5: um, i is?
21: Um is. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, is. is and then you like oh he
5: nam whom he seen is
21: and then we got it printed on yeah you DC.
5: got to yeah I got it printed on shirts, on shirts for my As Sultan, Him nam whom <laughs> he's seen he seen him is and it's like once that happens in <laughs> uh, a scene done. it's done yeah. it's like Woo. there's this crazy thing that happens Take with actors where yeah, yeah, yeah. once you, because a lot of times you're, we're looking in each other's eyes and we have to say something. And you're waiting and for you're it. And you're waiting for it. it is, so to me, that is, as an actor, there is nothing more difficult than playing a serious scene yeah. while once Time you've started the enough. giggles. What would you say is like what uh, of your most memorable experiences? I mean, there were, Huge, gigantic sets, huge songs, and you know, wonderful days. And it was like, yeah. this movie is one of those films that you it literally has everything, everything. you'd ever want to do in a movie, yeah. action, drama, special effects, special effects, singing, dancing. So of uh, what would you say is one of your greatest uh, experiences?
21: i would I would say personally, mm-hmm. shooting speechless.
5: Speechless, yes. Yeah, because yes. it was a
21: very emotional day.
1: Yeah.
21: Um. Also, what was really cool about that is it was a one shot
1: yeah. and,
21: and there was a handheld camera and it was kind of following me 360. Yeah. And I think I just felt like, and, and as you said about getting through something difficult, I just had to kind of give myself space, yeah. getting to the zone, because yeah. I was singing the first half live as yes, well, yes, which is yes. difficult as well because i was kind of being moved around so you're trying to control your voice mm-hmm. and then going into the song Yeah. um it, i just had to give everything i mean i think i had veins popping yeah it was but then fantastic. like the, the end Chills. result it, yes. it felt you know it felt like after that day i was like Oof. yeah
5: um
21: but it was, it was that beautiful because that's yeah. your
5: that's your signature on yeah. the new version right exactly so yeah it, exactly it is, as you said about bringing something, bringing new, something that new that song yeah. is
21: it's, really, it's a really important song, I think, to the character. It because really it, it, is. it is that point that she kind of comes into her own and she says, I'm not going to go speechless. Um, and she's constantly been shut
11: down. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Absolutely. A lot of, um, you know. In this day and age,
3: for, for sure. All right, guys. Well, that's it for the Aladdin pregame cast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys uh, <laughs> liked all the interviews. <laughs> I know Will didn't enjoy it, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> A, I was bamboozled. He's rice cake in it he up. Was Randy's bamboozled. got a two liter over there. You, you share the wealth, bro. Come on, man. Share the wealth. <laughs> he came in over here dying. Like God, I wish I had some pop right now. Now and, and then, all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> he bust
4: out the two liter. Well, I had that can, you're good.
3: I don't need a full glass. I just want. To... Yeah, Will was like, "Give me that other rice cake." Uh, but anyways, we're going to get out of here. Uh, tune in for the next episode where uh, we talk about the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, X-Men, the basically. The last
4: X-Men film before yeah, Marvel f-
3: takes the reins. Yeah, the 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 death of Fox X-Men right here. So, uh, yeah, it'll be legendary. Yes. Hopefully, Hopefully it's not a repeat of X-Men 3 because, good God, it's terrible. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, we are the F out of here on behalf of pregame. I am Shane. I am Screw It. I'm Randolphini. I'm Will. (laughs) James Randolphini. (laughs) All right, later, people.
2: This has been a Rule One Entertainment production. Rule One. Rule One Entertainment. to a podcast outlet near you. A new podcast featuring a lot of dorky stoners who like to pretend to be superheroes and play a tweaked version of Dungeons & Dragons. We call this fairy tale Fat Fat Men in in Tights. Join us as we battle through an entire new world new enemies. Some are familiar, some are different, you'll never fucking know, but we ask you to clear your minds and join us at the Rule One Podcast Entertainment Network for fat Men in Tights. One of the greatest d and adventures you will go through. The journey and enjoy
1: the ride.
4: Kiff, the strange transmission is coming
2: in. It says The Geekly Gab. Okay. Nerdical nonsense show, comic books, movies, television. Video games. Kind of looks like a one-stop for that sort of thing, doesn't it? Carry on.